Luke and leave. Part four. We already we read the scriptures. Deacon uh, Yvonne led us into that in Numbers twenty one nine again. He says, uh, and Moses made up a, a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked to the serpent of bronze attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. I really do believe this, church, that in our generation right now, we are, in the, we are a generation uh, with many distracted distractions as any other generation on this earth. I really do believe that. Why is that so? Your phone by itself can be a distraction. Over and over again, over and over again. I mean, we, did, we didn't have, I'm, my, my, again, I grew up in the village. We didn't have a television. Nothing. So the neighbors left, they left, and my home is not so close to the next neighbor. So we didn't have much distraction. But we're talking about this generation. Oh, goodness Lord. We have distraction all the time. There are people that, if they don't have a phone, they are like sick people. Probably that's why some people lose their phones. Their phones are stolen. Because idols are being taken away from them. By the owner, the father of all idols, the devil. <laughs> I, don't, I don't lose phones. I really, I've never lost any phone. I thought you were going to say, I'm, I tap into that, Pastor. I've never lost any phone. Nothing. Okay. But let me recap on some things that I said last week of, uh, again, dealing with the distractions. I already said that. And how do you do that? By focusing on God's word. How you deal, deal with worry? Set your mind on the word of God. And actually, I didn't say last Sunday, but worry actually comes about the, the, the root behind it is fear. It's fear. That you have to deal with. Fear, I'm telling you, every day, you must feed on the word of God that you do not fear. So we must, to make a statement here, we must perceive God's will in the midst of chaos in this world. We must perceive God's will in the midst of chaos in this world because, church, you are in the world and you are not of the world. Say that. I am in the world, but I am not of the world. Say it. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. That's true, church. You're not of the world. Again, that's identifying ourselves with our with our redemption, what, what, what Christ has done for us. Let's go to John 17, 14 to 18. The Amplified Classic Version talks about, uh, it, this is a prayer Jesus is making for his disciples and for believers in Christ. It's lengthy, but I want you to, to receive, some, receive these words into your heart. We're not of the world. He says this, I have given and delivered to them your word, your message, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, they do not belong to the world 
just as I am not of the world. You have to think in those terms. Over and over again. When you hear reports concerning what is happening in the world, you have to think, you have to meditate, you have to confess, I am not of the world. They are saying this is coming to the world, but I am not of the world. I don't belong to the world. I belong to God. I'm born from above, and one day I'm going home. And no devil is taking me out of this world prematurely. And then he goes on to, to pray. I do not ask that you will take them out of the world. Otherwise, salvation is not to escape. The believers who pray that God take me. Take me home. Your house is not ready yet. <laughs> Your mansion isn't ready yet. You haven't done much. So wait. He said, I do not ask that you, t- you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep, praise God, and protect them from the evil one. That's the prayer of Jesus for you and I, to be kept, to be protected from the evil one. Let's, let's read a scripture. Go to First John 5. I want to read a scripture, then we'll, then we'll come back there. Because... To see your responsibility too. And receive it by faith. That's first John in a moment over here. Yeah. Uh, verse 18. First John 5, 18. The Lord gave that to me years ago. Let me, let me read. Yeah, let's, let's read it from that version. That's fine. Listen to this. We know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. If you deliberately and knowingly practice sin, I don't know if you are born again or not. You need to come to the altar. You understand? Knowingly and, and, and just deliberately, you, you, you just commit sin. Really? That's not salvation. Okay. But the one who's begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him. Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against the evil. You, you missed a place to say amen. Christ's divine presence within him. The Bible calls it the anointing. In First John 2, actual, actual 2, 2.20 and 2.27, it's the anointing within us. What does it do? It protects us preserves us against the evil and the wicked one does not lay hold, get a grip on him or touch him. Praise God forever. Just no matter what happens in this world, that, oh, that's our victory, church. Let's go back to John 17, please. That's our victory right there. Amen? Have you seen insecurity increasing? Yeah, but what do we do? The blood. Christ's presence, divine presence is in us. The blood. We proclaim the blood. We say the blood. We believe the blood. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you'll keep on protecting from the evil one. And it goes on to say, they are not of the world. You are not worldly. Come on now. You are not worldly. Belonging to the world. 
just us. I'm not of the world. You see, Jesus identifies himself with us and us, we need to identify ourselves with him. We're not worldly people. Amen? We're not. I'm all there is to be, but I'm not worldly. And, and the next one says this, sanctify them, what's the meaning of sanctify? Purify them, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy. How is that? By the truth, your word is truth. What makes us clean? The word of God. Go to John 15, 4, please, just two pages behind. <laughs> Turn left. John 15, 15, 4. Ah. Uh, 15.3, sorry. 15.3. Look at this. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Other version says, you have been made clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Listen, the word of God is a separator. From what? From the worldly spirit. From the worldly spirit. And and. And if you find yourself, you're too much attracted to the world, then you need to get the word of God. And when the word of God enters your heart, you realize that the world is not an attraction. I don't care how many clubs they open around. I'm not, in, I'm not drawn into that. That's not a temptation to me. You know, it used to be. Oh, yeah. When you were growing up, we went to a town, we used to... Even my dad, I mean my dad and my brother, we used to identify towns with the, the Abba. And the amazing, we used to talk this way, as if, if you, you drank beer in that bar, you, you bought it. You understand? That's, that's the way we thought. We identify ourselves with, with that. I mean, if you go to a place, you have to look for a bar, a club, that you identify yourself. Thank God. That's not, that's not a temptation to me. <laughs> Amen? What's that? The word entered in. I'm telling you, immediately I gave my life to Christ on 17th June 1996. That was not a temptation. Alcohol was not a temptation. I smoked all through, but there's not, not a temptation. But you have embers mild, who cares? If embers mild or malboro, I don't care. And I mean, it's disgusting. To me, it's disgusting. <laughs> I remember I made a drive after I gave my life to Christ. Um, a certain driver, I sat, I sat at the front. And he, he started smoking. I said, will, will you please uh, make sure you, disp- I mean, you stop smoking in this vehicle? He said, what makes you that? I said, because I'm in Christ. He says, I want to. I said, you have to. In the matter. And, and, and the brother I was with, he said, I said, no, you have to. He did. He did. And then later on, he asked me, Why church do you go to? I told him. It became so disgusting. And what was an addiction to me? When I was going to give my life to Christ that morning, as, as I went to the place I was being prayed for, I had my two cigarettes, sportsman, in my pocket. <laughs> and I knew I was going to smoke after. But that woman was blessed. I had paper motion. was no more. <laughs> I should do that. You know, people say that you have, you have a problem with smoking. It's not a problem. It's a, it's a spirit. She didn't smile. It's all good. People are more. She talk. People are talk. 
Haroz na kutafuna chakula. Mira. <laughs> she did. Oh my god. I'll bring that woman one time here. And it's amazing. Next month will be 26 years ago. That's amazing. That, that's the word it prunes us, separates us, cleanses us and makes us uh, I mean free from the worldly spirit. And one of very important talking about distraction one of I'm going not I'm not going to teach about this but one of it is association people you associate with Proverbs 13:20 says who walks with the wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed people you associate with I'm telling you you look just like them if you didn't know you are you're the 10th in that team and you are not the tithe you are like them <laughs> go ahead please go go back to John 15 uh, John 17 so that's what he says the that's what the word of god said let's go to verse 18 it says this just as you sent me into the world i also have sent them into the world but remember he said this they are not of the world we are sent into the world but we are not of the world. Let me read a um a testimony here last I received a text from a church member last Sunday afternoon. Say good afternoon Pastor Davis, thank you very much for the message today. This is this is the reason I'm say this is because it takes preparation to receive. Very important if you prepare coming to church you receive much. I was very it sorry it was, the message today it was very very personal i felt like it was just for me i had sought the lord concerning some issues and i'd had in my heart do not worry this morning a bird came to our window that's last sunday and reminded me of the scripture look at the birds he had also put it in my heart the scripture concerning martha and mary Today as I came to church I just had a desire for confirmation and to uh, and lo and behold it was all about do not worry. Then at the end when you prayed you said you had the word addiction and before you even said it I had it in my heart addict in my heart addicted to worry. Then you declared healing of her headaches and all I could do was cry with joy. I have been having blinding headaches for the, the the past few days. I believe they are gone, 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 never to return. What a personal service. I'm so so amazed at the father's love for me. Thank you so much, pastor. That's preparation. When you prepare, you receive. Amen. Always remember preparation. So you you must perceive God's will in the midst of chaos in this world. And listen this you must believe for seeing eyes you see with your eyes of the spirit the eyes of the spirit not what people are seeing in the natural let me give you a story a little bit i i, I like it joshua uh no moses sent the 12 12 spies in numbers chapter 13 12 and 13 actually you can read it your own time he sends them out and they went to spy the land And the Bible says they saw the land and it was good. And when they came back, just think about this. 
uh, uh, what do you call it? Not a branch, what do you call it? Uh, mm, of grapes. What was that? It's a bunch, yeah? Bunch, yeah. Bunch of grapes actually was carried by two men. That's amazing. You've ever bought any, any from Kafu or somewhere? <laughs> My goodness, that was big. And they were, came back with pomegranates and, and short. That truly, truly, they say this, truly the land is flowing with milk and honey. And then they say, but there's a problem. There are giants in the land. And this is their statement. And they, they say this, the ten spies, they say this. And there are giants in the land and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers as you are in their, in their sight. They had wrong perspective. God had given the, pro, the, the promise, but they could not partake of the promise because first, like I shared, I think some, some weeks ago, they had actually the perspective issues. What, what the world call inferiority complex. And they forgot about the, the mighty one of Israel, the great one of Israel. Now look at this then. Caleb quieted them and said, hey, we are well able to take that land. For God is with us. Their protection has gone before them and on and on and on. And listen to this. They spoke. They said this. The ten spies. No, we are not able to take the land. They confessed. God says this. As, far, as long as I live, what you have spoken in, your, in my hearing, that will happen to you. Check it out. It's wonderful. Uh, story. Anyway, long story short, the Bible says the ten spies actually died from that plague. There, right there. The others took some years, but they were walking dead over the years. Finally, they didn't, they didn't uh, receive the promised land, but Joshua and Caleb entered into the promised land. I like to say this. They had the story from ten spies, and they believed, the whole congregation believed the ten spies, they didn't believe the two. Because you are few in what you believe, it does not mean that you are wrong. It doesn't mean that way. Because I, I, I hear people, but this has been done everywhere. Fast is not true. It's not being done everywhere because I'm not doing it. But people who are compromised, they like generalizing everything. Everyone is broke. Please, excuse me, I'm not. I'm not broke. Everyone is complaining about fuel. I'm not. Everyone, even about cooking, cooking, cooking fat, we all are complaining. Breaks. I'm not. Let's stay here for a few minutes and ponder. So, so you see that because many people are talking about it and they're acting that way and you're acting differently because you believe it does not mean they are right and you're wrong. You must stick with what you believe. Church, that is a sanctification Process. That is a consecration process in our generation. And I'm telling you this, many times, even they are unbelieving believers. 
These were covenant people. These were leaders in Israel. They were unbelieving believers, but they were distracted by what they saw. Listen to the testimony of Caleb. In, in Joshua chapter 14, verse 7. You know, I, I keep thinking like my great-grandfather came from this house of Caleb. We just resemble when they hide our ears and nose. Just say, listen this. In, John, in, in Numbers 14, verse 6. He says, did I say numbers? No, it's Joshua. Oh, I mean, I mean numbers. It's supposed to be in Joshua, actually. Joshua 14. Look at verse 6. Let's start from verse 6, please. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephne, a Kenizzite, said to him, You know. The word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Bani. He's speaking to Joshua. Moses is gone. Aaron is gone. The age mates are gone. And it, it, it says this. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Bani to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Very important. He said, not what I saw. I saw the giants. I saw the fortified walls. But listen to this. I didn't bring the report according to what I saw outside here. I brought back the word as I saw it in my heart. I saw God's ability. I saw God's power. I saw God's anointing. I saw the angelic working for us to bring down those enemies and to bring us into the land. That's what I spoke. I didn't speak according to what I saw in the natural. What are you speaking during this time? When you see the exchange rate, dollar exchange, when you see on and on the prices. What are you saying? Are you giving the report according to what is in your heart? Do you know what is in your heart? The Bible says in, in, in Romans chapter 10, faith is in two places. It's in your mouth and it is your, in your heart. That you believe with your heart. And actually he's saying this, I gave backward to him as it was in, in my heart, I had a spirit of faith. I spoke faith. I spoke by faith. And I believed because God says it. I believed it. God says he's going to take us to the promised land. Period. God says that even if there is famine, I'll protect. I'll be, I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen a righteous forsaken. No, his children begging bread. I believe that. I'm going to say what is in my heart, not what people are saying. I thought you were going to be, yeah, pastor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you just looked at me. Oh, you're saying, I don't want my neighbor to think like I'm weird. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Amen. According to what was in my heart. Listen to this. And he says in verse 8, Nevertheless, it takes so much time with that. Nevertheless, my brethren went up, up with me, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly 
followed the Lord my God. I like, I like, let me see, go to verse. Mm. Let's go to verse 10. That you may see, let me give you a vision of the future. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Do you know what kept him? Faith. As he said this 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day. 85 years old. I'm looking forward to 36 years from today to talk that way. Ah, I'm looking forward, really. If the Lord tells I'm looking forward, tell you that at 85. I've been thinking if I'll go back to Mount Kilimanjaro at that age. Really, I've thought about that. I, mean, I don't know if the Lord will want me to do that or not. 85 years old. Wow. Listen, listen to some of the things that you can learn from that. Faith will keep you strong. Faith in God will keep you strong. No matter the distractions, no matter death all around being spoken, faith in God will keep you strong. Let me show you another thing. The promises may take long, but you never stop believing. What is that? Patience. I'm telling you, the, the thing about patience there was remarkable. Just think about this. That if it, if it passes like, like a, for one month without someone dying, you're thinking, the longer these people take without dying, the longer we'll stay here in the wilderness. Because every funeral was a joy of those who had rebelled from God. Because, you know, they die quickly, we'll be heading into the promised land. Joshua and Keller say, how was that funeral? Ah, it was good. How many are remaining now? <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. Because all that generation were going to die. And so how many, and the last one died. And they died this one who had remained. Can you think of patience and love? And without telling him, you're the one keeping us here. You need someone to do something about your life. <laughs> no, they kept that patience strong. And, and, and then think about this. Then the, one died and there was one remaining. Of that generation. If I meet Joshua and I say, we meet. So what do you think? There's one remaining. Yeah. One remaining. I hope it be soon. No, don't talk that way. We need to believe God. You know, we walk in love. You understand that? And the last one died of that generation in the wilderness. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We are going now. To the promised land. And that's it's, it's the truth. That's exactly what happened to that whole generation died. And when he had, he, he's coming there and say, give me this mountain. I'm now 85 years old. And li- listen to this. What, what, again, talking about faith. As yet I'm strong this day. As on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for all, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. 
Can you imagine being a strong at 85 the way you are 45 years before? You can't imagine? Because if you can't imagine, you can't have it. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine it? Yeah, if you imagine it, you can have it. I like to imagine that. Amen? Tira and I agreed we are going to be standing strong. None of us will walk this way. Because that's not good. So husband, you have to look for the mouth of your wife. Kiss her. I don't to go and do that. You understand? Both of us, we have just to stand that way. It's like the difference. Now, look at John 16.3 quickly. Amplified classic version says this. John 16.3 I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. That comes by focusing, church. A distracted mind cannot have peace. It's a divided mind. Remember the word I gave to you? It's divided. A distracted mind cannot experience peace. But you find perfect peace when you set your mind on God's word. You may have perfect peace and confidence in the world you will have tribulation and trials. That is there, church. And distress, that is there. And frustration, anyone who's experienced that? You know, I read the other day in the newspaper, I mean the on, on, online, he is a Kenyan motorist getting to the expressway from, let's say, like museum and going towards Mlolong. And at the exit point, they tell those, at the tall, whatever they call them, that I'm broke. Imagine being behind such a person. Can you imagine being behind such a person? And they're telling the, you know, if you're behind such a person, just walk there and pay. So by faith. Can you imagine? Now they're having to, to come up with a strategy of how to nab them before they enter in. How will you drive for about 20 something kilometers and, and realize all of a sudden, Exit, exit point, I'm broke. And people are behind you. Did you all see that? I'm the only one. Did you all see that? I'm the only one. You saw that? Now, that's madness. Huh? You people from Lolongo area, help us. <laughs> and Siokima. <laughs> help us. But that's amazing. Now, that can be frustrating. But there, there are many more. But be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. This is what he says. Take courage. Be confident. Certain. Undaunted. For I have overcome the world. You're ready to shout. This is what he said. Remember he said this. I am not of the world. Just as they are not of the world. I leave them the world, I pray for them, not to take them out of the world, that you, but you, that you may preserve them. And he says this, for I have overcome the world, I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. That sounds like the time of Mike Tyson. Can you imagine he punches someone to almost dying, and you are told, come in. But you need to walk in also. You know, he punched someone almost to death. And he tell now you can come and punch and then you'll get the dollars. And I, I will. I'll go in there. Jesus finished the work for us. Deprived 
of its power to harm you and conquer it for you. It's a place of rejoicing. So one of the things, so focusing, very important, the word of God. The word of God, again I say, is a separator. It enables you to focus, but it separates you, consecrates you, um, distinguishes you actually from the world system. Without the word, there is no separation. It's just looking like the world. And the world has become crazy in so many ways. Listen to this, uh, uh, some meditations I've been ha- having and, in, and prayer. You must focus on God's awesomeness. That's very important, right? What Caleb is saying, actually, in that, in that Joshua 14, 7, I saw the, the enemies. I saw how big he was. Think about this. I've seen the inflation. I've seen the prices. I've seen what is happening around. But you know what? I'm not going to speak according to what I'm seeing in the natural eyes. I'm going to give the report of the Lord and what, the word is in my heart and it's in my mouth and in my heart and I'm going to speak according to God's word. Listen, your mouth is critical in these times. Your mouth, church. Every time you're speaking about faith, you have to go back to the, your confession. Your mouth is critical. And listen, you can't just parrot it. You have to, have to, to get into the word of God. You meditate until I'm telling you, even if you're woken up at night, it comes out of you. I will not sink like the world. Why? I'm going to speak the report according to what is in my heart, not what the world is going through. So you must focus on God's own awesomeness, his greatness, church. You must focus on his wisdom. Amazing. Every generation you see famine, you see all these chaos, God always preserves his people. The Bible talks about uh, Elijah when he was running from Jezebel. You remember that? And then he hid. He was hiding from Jezebel. It's amazing. And then, uh, and then he, 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 was, he was asked by the Lord, what are you doing here? Can you imagine God asked, what are you doing here? He said, you know, kind of like paraphrase, you don't know who, why I'm here? Is that woman. That woman is, is bad. <laughs> I'm running away from her. That woman is bad. And I said, is that the reason you're hiding here? Yeah, I am. You know, I don't want to be killed by that woman. You know what, God? All people are sinners except me. I'm the prophet. I'm the only one remaining. He tried to tell God, I'm the only one remaining. Do you know what the answer for, from God was this? No, 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 no. Uh, you are, you're mistaken. I have 7,000 more who have not bowed down to Baal. In other words, God will always have a remnant and you better be one of them. No matter what happens in the world, you better be separated by the word of God. You say, I'm not going to bow down to that. I'm telling you, you'll see the government of the world putting pressure to do things against your, your will. 
That, and that's like, like a, a big image in Babylon. You have to make a decision. And the word is that what is going to separate us and distinguish us from all what is happening in the world. Now, you realize uh, when you do that, this gives you, when you focus on his awesomeness, his greatness, his wisdom, this gives you his perspective on things. What do we need? God's perspective. You realize in all his greatness, the amazing thing is this, church. He's so personal, he loves you. He's a great God, full of wisdom. And yet, he's so personal, he loves you. He knows your address. He knows you. And that's why in Kenya we say, Jesus is my personal Savior. He knows your home address. You just need to align yourself with his purposes by renewing your mind with his word. That's very important right there. You renew your mind with his word. What does that, that, that scripture say in 12 2? In, in Romans 12 2, it says, By the renewing of our minds, we that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So unrenewed mind keeps us out of that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of the Father. So to know the purposes of God in our generation, the renewing of our minds is major. Because it changes our perspective. God is awesome. God is great. God is Full of wisdom. Let's go to Romans chapter 11, verse 33. And I'll read you some scriptures here. <clears throat> you getting anything out of this? You getting anything out of this? Yeah. Listen to what it says, uh, verse 33. Oh, the depths, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unfathomable. Let me see if I can read that one. Inscrutable. Yeah, scrutiny. So you can, inscrutable. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's good English. Is that so, doctor and professors? Uh, inscrutable. Unsearchable. Uh, his judgments, his decision. And how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. Hey, that has an exclamation mark. I was taught in English, there's a difference. You can just finish like uh, undiscoverable and his ways, his methods, his paths. No, you feel it's how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. <laughs> that's, that's better. You have to have expressions. Amen? That's God. Yet he loves you. Can I tell you something? You can't lack wisdom in anything. You can't. He says, Does anyone, is anyone lacking you wisdom? Let him ask. And what has he done, church? He's given us the Holy Spirit. And he says, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 9. The same amplified version, that's fine. <clears throat> 
But on the contrary, let's do some reading. This is a Bible church, yeah? Teach him. As on the contrary, but on the contrary, the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him, because those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him. I was telling you that this is the season, this is the time, there's a time to obey God promptly, it is now. And, and obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Look at verse, verse, verse 10. Yet to us. Woo! Yet to us. God has unveiled. In other words, I can say this. God, to us, he's dealing with us with an open hand. And revealed them by and through his spirit, for the Holy Spirit in us, actually, such as diligently exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Does language mean anything to you? I wish I would even say it better. Maybe the only thing I would say, Engeda, Brobeke, Stobore, Sebeda, Kroda, Bakashtaya. And then you say, Amen, brother. That's how big it is. Look at verse, verse 11. God has done that. Oh, no, we'll stop right there. Uh, but go read that whole chapter. God has dealt with this man with an open hand. Nothing hidden. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to search all that. Now, let's go to Job 38. I was praying yesterday, and this impression came to my heart. I've been, let, let, me, let me preface this by saying, where is Job? Let me go to Job first. I don't multitask. I'm a focused man. If I'm boiling water, I'm boiling water. <laughs> Have you noticed? But if I'm boiling water, I'm boiling water. Do you ask me what you do in boiling water? Can anything, can't you do anything else? I'm still boiling water. Ladies, doing that, doing this. Why would I be doing that? I'm focused. I want that to hot a boil. <laughs> if I'm cooking ugal, I'm cooking ugal. What about vegetable? Honey, do that. I'm cooking ugal. You understand that? I'm focused. And uh, any uh, wife married to such a focused man? Huh? Brothers, you married? Let's <laughs> focus. Anyway, but, but I was thinking of this. I'm praying in, uh, I've been thinking and I've been meditating. You can listen to my messages for Wednesday. Uh, for Wednesdays. They asked three Wednesdays, actually. But over some time from last year, the Lord spoke to me about the powers of the age to come. And I started thinking, more and more, God is being opening some things concerning time. Listen to this. Concerning time, then I started going into time, space, 
started looking at space, time, space, and matter. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Thrilled. I look forward to many more things. Now, but, but look at this. So Job has been talking and talking and God appears in Job 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Can you imagine God appearing and start talking? You've been complaining all through. And then he shows up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he says this, Now prepare yourself like a man. Ooh, how would you do before God? Huh? And then he says this, I will question you and you shall answer me. What? God, please, don't, don't question me. Tell me. I, 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 I repent. The, you know what they call it? Ashes and what? Sackcloth and ashes. You don't have to ask, to, to, to answer, you don't have to ask me to answer you. And then he says this, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Oh, Lord. Jesus, tell me if you have an understanding. And then he says this, who determined his measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Now God is, this, this is God asking, Job, where will you be if God asks those questions? This happened. And he says this, to what were his foundations fastened? Say, ask me about the church sanctuary, Lord. Not this, not your, not the earth. You know, Lord. Oh, who laid his cornerstone of the earth? And then he says this. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And then he says this. Oh, who shut in the sea with the doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? I said, God, does the sea have a womb? I just don't know, Lord. Let's see verse 9, maybe... Can you bind the clust of the, even I don't know how to spell that name. <laughs> God can answer, you think you have vocabulary, it ends. Or lose the belt, the belt of Orion. And goes to the next one and says this, can you bring out, I just don't know even that word. In his season, Mazaroth, I don't know where that is. Oh, can you guide the great bear with his cubs? That's serious. And then he says this. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? God, I don't. Can you set their dominion over the earth? I don't know, Lord, even what that dominion is. And he said, can you lift up your voice to the clouds? No, Lord, no. Unless I say, is it going to rain? That's all I can say. That an abundance of water may cover you. God, I don't know. Can you send out lightnings from where? I can switch on the lights, but I don't know where to set out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are. No, I don't want even that lightning in my home. If God asks two questions, you better know. Then he goes on to say this. This is another one. Yeah, there is more. Let's, let's, let me give you something over here. Yeah, let's go to, let's continue fast 41. That's Job 31. Goes, 31 to 41. Uh, okay. So, so he asked this. Who has put wisdom in the mind? 
You God. And who has given understanding to the heart? You God. Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Anyone who's ever tried it? Took a flight and you started numbering the cloud. Or who can pour out the bottles of heaven? I don't know even if you have bottles up there. You understand? When the dust hardens in clumps and the claws cling together, I even don't know what that is. And then he said, can you hunt the prey for the lion? I can't try. What will you get? Have you ever tried to catch a gazelle? Or satisfy the appetite of the young lions? I can't. When they, crou- when they crouch in their dens or lack in their layers to lie in wait, and then he says this, who provides food for the raven? You ever thought about that? When his young ones do what? Cry to God. So the young of a raven, remember this is God speaking. This is not a prophet reporting. This is God speaking. He says this, that even the young ones of a raven cry out to him. What does that mean? He hears and he answers and he feeds them. That's exactly what it means. And wander about for lack of food. So God hears the, crea- the cry of, 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 of uh, his creation. Who provides food for... Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, is that it? Is that it? All the church. Let me show you what, what Job said, which you ought to be doing. Look at verse, chapter 40 from verse 1. Then I'll show you something while we've read those scriptures. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. You, you've heard your prayers? God, you are the one who caused this. What are you going to do about it? Wait. If he ever shows up. He says, you rebuke. He rebukes God, let him answer it. And then he says this. He says, then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I'm vile. That's all you can say. What shall I answer you? This is what you ought to practice. You don't have to be answering everything. I lay my hand over my mouth. Many of, many of us need to do it. You wear a mask. <laughs> this is the, the thing here. Church, what I'm talking about. Let's, let's go to just what he said there. Let's go to Matthew 6. When he says how he feeds the ravens, look at Matthew 6, 31, 34. He says, hey, can you see how God cares for even his creation? He knows, the Bible says even he knows the number of your hair. Brothers, doesn't matter. Even you have a clean shave. God knows the root of that hair. That's amazing. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And then it says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Church, in all his creation, 
the only person he created in his own image and likeness was you and I. That he cares, he loves us. In fact, man, if I can call it, man is the crown of God's creation. He is. So what are we supposed to do? You seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And this is what you're supposed to do concerning your future, concerning tomorrow. Go to the next one. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. He didn't say tomorrow you will worry. You know that people can read that. Don't worry about tomorrow. But go, when you get to tomorrow, worry. No, he says it's the tomorrow that will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day in its, its, its own trouble. In other words, focus, 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 focus on God. Focus on the kingdom. Let me give you some things in, in meditation and and I decided, let me Google this. Let me see if this, this will make a point to you. But in just meditating on that, on God speaking to, to Job, an all-knowing one, the unfathomable wisdom, he says this, uh, on, on Google, he says this, the sun has just been meditating about the sun and the planets and all that. The sun is the biggest celestial object in the solar system. We see it as a big, bright dot of light in the sky. However, the sun is enormous, capable of hosting all the planets within it and much more. Think about that. It's able to, uh, capable, it's capable of hosting all the planets within it and much more. So how big is the sun? More than one million earths could fit inside the sun if it were hollow. Did you hear that? More than one million earths. Earths. Ulimwengu. Milon moja. If the sun was hollow, it could fit like one million earths could fit inside the sun if it were hollow. Listen to this. The sun may seem incredibly big, but there are billions of things in the universe which are bigger than our sun. Consider this, our sun is considered an average-sized star in the best-case scenario. Now, this word is B-E-T-E-L-G-E-U-S-E. But what, how is pronounced? B-E-T, like better, B-E-T-E, uh, L-G-E-U-S-E. But how is pronounced is Bill-Juice or Beljuice. In other words, don't try to pronounce Betele Geuse. You understand? The way, the way we talk sometimes. The way you pronounce it is Beljuice or Beljuice is among the biggest stars in our universe. Is it this? So it's among the biggest stars in our universe, in other words, bigger than the sun, that we know of at least. So they also say that this is at least what we know of. Uh, these are people like, uh, what do you call them, NASA or NASA? Not the party you had in 2014, 2013, you understand? But, but look at this. It is super giant red star, this bill juice. You could easily fit more than 8 billion suns inside bill juice. 8 
billion. Think about about a million earths can fit if the the sun was hollow can fit in a in a sun. Okay? Are you seeing that or oh, I lost you? Or do you think like those are the those are some of the subjects I skipped in class? Those lecture halls never found me going to such a subject. But think about this. If the sun or they say if it was going to be it was hollow, you can fit in about a million earths into it. Alright? Now, this we think is a big, big star, of which it is. But there are bigger stars than that. And the amazing this, in the Bill Juice, which is so, uh, uh, considered a super giant red star, you could easily fit more than 8 billion suns inside Bill Juice or Bill Juice. That is humongous. Why did you bring all that, Pastor? Because I'm telling you, all that was done by your father. Created by your father. What does that mean? That's how much he cares for you. He can take care of the stars. He knows them by name. That's amazing. You know, when you start looking at, at, at the, the, the axis of the, the earth, um, rotating and all that, the speed even of that, the earth around its axis, they said about 1,600 or so kilometers per hour rotating. In other words, if you are thinking of speed going from here to Mombasa is about 500 kilometers or so, that rotation, that speed is about here to Mombasa 20 minutes. You think your SGR is faster? <laughs> 20 minutes. That is the awesomeness of God. Yet he loves you. Yet he cares for you. Yet he knows the details of your life. And that's not all. It's one thing to know. But it's another thing is he loves and he does. He has done everything possible for you to come into his kingdom. And this and this. He's still doing things. He's done everything in fact for you. And all what you do is this. Get focused. Seek him. He'll give all the wisdom he has because he's an amazing God. Go to our last scriptures in, in uh, Psalm chapter 8. Psalm 8. The New King James Version. Let's start there from verse 3. Does that provoke you to go meditate on God's awesomeness? You know, you know, I ask some, some, you know, sometimes I've asked children, they finish from, they, 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 they are finished their exams in form four, and you ask them, so, oh, by the way, where are you now? I said, I, I finished schooling. You, you did what? You finish what? You say you did your form for exam. You didn't finish schooling. If you don't like education, we'll teach you here also. You don't finish education. It's on and on and on. And the more you go to the word of God, you're provoked. Listen to this, because God is all-knowing God. You're provoked to know him more. And listen to this, I just think about the psalmist saying this. 
When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, the moon by itself is amazing. In fact, I saw that there, there I think, I think it's, it's set to, to be out in 2022. Oh, what, they, what do they call it? It's, it's a space balloon or so. That's all. It, it should be out 2024. But it's more comfortable, you know, you don't have to be a scientist or something to be able to board that. I said, Lord, I like to board this. That you go up, I'm forgetting how many kilometers high, that you can view the whole universe from that side. I'm looking forward. I know that will be quite an amount. I mean, they, they drew, you know, they, what do they call the they, they imagine things and they draw them and then you can sit and there's a restaurant in there. Man, I like to go there. Where's pastor? Pastor is up. <laughs> when is he coming? He's on leave. <laughs> I look forward to that. 2024, I'm, I'll be watching and I like to know the price. I mean, God, who knows? Just grant me favor and go there. However, if this doesn't happen, is one day I'll have this resurrected body. Sure, I'll go into those planets and take us there. The speed is enormous. And remember, if you enter into that sun, you won't burn. Because you don't have that burning body. You just enter in. Do you look forward or you just sing like, we will one day go to heaven. And la, 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 I just got. I rather, I rather even sing in the Holy God. Yeah. There's a day coming. Why don't I consider your heavens the work of your fingers? The moon and the stars which you have ordained. And then he says this. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Come on now. Look at this. Go next one, verse 5 says, You have made him a little lower than wrong, not the angels. That word is Elohim, himself, God, who said in the beginning, Let us create man in, his, in our image and likeness. He said, You have made him a little lower than yourself, Elohim, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Go to the next one. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. No wonder we have been raised with Christ. And you have been made to sit with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Far above all principality and power and dominion and might. And then he says this. Are all sheep and oxen even the beasts of the field? The birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea? He says this, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Let's read it together, please. And with standing up, even at this time, go ahead and stand. I want us to, to oh, praise God. Oh Lord, our Lord. Yeah, we used to sing a song, oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is it. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, but he says this, Oh, let's read it together. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Have some attitude of excellence. Hallelujah. Let's read it all together again. Oh, Lord, 
our Lord. How excellent is your name in all the earth. That's our God. That's our Father. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Just worship him. Now, now look at this. When you, when you, when you, you realize the awesomeness of God. Awesomeness of God. You realize. You know, this is not comparison at all. But just think of a young man that you've looked at this lady and you just love her. Then finally she said, you can marry me. You don't go, yeah, 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 yeah. No. It's like, wow. All what you can do is, wow. This is awesome. So you know you can you can go just just think about like songs. You are beautiful beyond description.